I'm at the front gate with an interview for Pete and Andy. This summer, my wife and I took our son to the Santa Barbara Zoo. It's a beautiful zoo, beautiful city. It's about two hours north of Los Angeles. And one of the best attractions of the zoo is this train that runs around the perimeter, shows you a bunch of animals, and even better than that is a train conductor who gives you all kinds of animal facts and even tells some jokes. Now, I got to tell you, I love dad jokes, and that's what these jokes were. So while my wife's groaning, I'm loving it. And I just had this feeling, I think this guy might be a happy retiree. So after the tour, I asked him, and he confirmed it. And not only that, he said, but his fellow train conductor was also a happy retiree. So a couple months later, back I came with all my recording equipment, and we sat down to talk about it. Pete Georgie is the former co-owner of the Santa Barbara Insurance Agency. He's also the former president of the board of the Carriage and Western Art Museum of Santa Barbara. And funny story, at both locations, he ran into pop superstar Katy Perry. In fact, he took a selfie with her, with her husband Orlando Bloom, and it ended up in the National Enquirer. Go figure. Andy Leapman spent 30 years at the CIA. That's the Central Intelligence Agency. And eventually ended up the deputy director of the U.S. National Counterterrorism Center. But now, they're just two guys who wear overalls and drive a miniature train. And that's exactly who they want to be. Do you ever wonder who you'll be and what you'll do after your career is over? Wouldn't it be nice to hear stories from people who figured it out, who are thriving in retirement? I'm Ryan Doolittle. After working with the Retire Sooner team for years and researching and writing about how they structure their lifestyles, I know there's more to be learned. So I'm going straight to the source and taking you with me. My mission with the Happiest Retirees podcast is to inspire one million families to find happiness in retirement. I want to learn how to live an exceptional life from people who do it every day. Let's get started. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Santa Barbara Zoo Railroad. My name is Pete and I'll be your engineer, assisted by engineer Andy and Clayton. We are about to take a little journey around the 30-acre perimeter of our zoo. And I ask that you please remain seated and keep your arms and legs inside the train at all times. Okay, welcome to the Happiest Retirees podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Doolittle. I'm at the Santa Barbara Zoo today, and two all-stars of the Santa Barbara Zoo are here. And But we also have Andy and Peter. Yeah, thank uh, you. Pete, wait, Pete, you go by Pete, not Peter. I go by anything. Anything, okay. Andy, how long have you been working at the zoo? I've been affiliated with the zoo for about seven years. I was a volunteer for four as a keeper's aide, and I've been right, driving the train for almost three years now. Almost three years. Okay. And what did you do before? Uh, before that, I worked at the Rand Corporation, which is a think tank in Santa Monica. And before that, for about 30-some years, I worked as an analyst at the CIA. The CIA, as in Central... As in the Central Intelligence Organization, right. And you started as a GS6? Seven. Seven. So I graduated from Cal with a degree in forestry. I was a very bad student. I actually didn't know for sure I would graduate until I saw my diploma. I worked for a logging company for a couple of years, uh, cruising timber and as part of uh, logging crews. Then I got married, moved back to Washington with my wife, who is a much better student and actually had ambitions, and she got a job with the de Defense Department. And I applied for CIA, got the job, and was hired as a GS-7. 
and uh, everything else is sort of history. Well, you went and you went all the way up the ladder to where did you end up? I did. So I started as a seven. Uh, my salary then was fifteen thousand a year. I know I ended up as the deputy director of the National Counterterrorism Center. It was an organization formed after nine eleven, and it was our job to coordinate counterterrorism activities in the government and also to serve as the president and the Congress's primary advisor on counterterrorism. So I saw the president pretty often. I uh, either I or the director would brief the president. Uh, during high, times of high threat, once a week, every other week, I did it about once a month when the director wasn't there. I was his deputy and spent a lot of time in Congress on, on the Hill, as we said, briefing Congress, the Senate and the House and various committees. So uh, it was a pretty high stress environment. Not quite as bad as driving the train, but I would say comparable. <laughs> Pete, so now you worked in the CAA. I think you told me you, you were in the Army. I was in the Army, and uh, I spent two years active, a year in Korea and a year in Fort Huachuca, Arizona. And then I spent 11 more years in the uh, Army Reserve and, and National Guard. Oh, okay, okay. How did you, so you you were born and raised in Santa Barbara. Yes. And still live there now. Yes. And how did you, tell me, because you were telling me what you do and did, and you do so many things that I had to, I had to say, well, how were you doing that while you were still working? and. So what was your primary career? Well, after I got out of the Army, uh, I had the opportunity to buy the Santa Barbara Insurance Agency from my father, who was ready to sell in 1981. He was ready to retire at age 62. And I had been working with him uh, going when I was going to Santa Barbara City College before I moved on to the University of San Francisco. So I knew the business. And none of my uh, siblings were interested in the business, so he offered it to me. Oh. And in 1981, I made the purchase and bought the business and ran the insurance agency until my retirement last uh, last year, July 1st. Oh, so well, 41 con- years. How many years? 41. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. And in the meantime, I also served in a volunteer role as the president of the Carriage Museum here in Santa Barbara, which is a well-known museum. It's the largest collection of wagons and carriages and saddlery west of the Mississippi. And just last year, I stepped down as president of that January 1st. So I'm now just a board member. So I'm, I'm kind of positioning myself so I can have a little more free time. I've never been, if I were ever a board member, I wouldn't define it as just a board member. That sounds yeah. pretty important. And, and you were there 30 years and some of yes. that was while you were still working. Yes, yes. It was a volunteer position, but it, it took a lot of time. And um, we only have one employee at the Carriage Museum and it was easy to oversee that. But you know, when you're on any nonprofit, your role is really to find money and to keep your uh, your museum op- up and operating. Yeah. Okay. So you have ten siblings. Yep. Are you one of the ten? Are you? Are you? Are you yeah, I make el- number ten. I have uh, seven brothers and two sisters. Okay. And you also have ten cars. I do. Okay. <laughs> I'm a car enthusiast too. Which yeah. one do you love more, the cars or the siblings? Oh well, that's that's a toss up. <laughs> <laughs> I have a GTO that I'm pretty fond of. But I also love my sisters. Okay. Oh, okay. The sisters yeah. more than the brothers. Okay. Well, you know, we fought a lot when we were kids. And yeah. My sisters were were pretty good. So I met I met Pete here at the zoo. I came with my wife and son a couple months ago, and he was conducting one of the tours. And he has such good jokes. I I, I asked him to be on the show. So I want to find out. Let's start back with with Andy. How did you end up here? So um, I knew I was 
going to retire and sort of after 30 some years in the government. One of the best things about government service is you can retire early, get a full pension. My wife's, wife's brother runs Direct Relief. It's a big nonprofit here in Santa Barbara. In fact, I think the biggest in the county. They provide medical equipment to disaster areas. And we come here for Christmas visiting pretty often and thought if we could actually afford it on two government pensions, what a great place to retire. So we looked around and we found a house and about three months after I retired, we moved out here. I was working for RAND, so they were quite generous in providing house hunting trips and they put us up in Santa Monica for a while. Okay. And I worked there for five or six years after I retired. But we settled in Santa Barbara pretty quickly. We knew we'd like it here. And uh, we now consider ourselves Santa Barbarans. Okay. Is that the term, Santa Barbarans? Yep. Yep. We and you, you were commuting to Santa Monica while you were still working? I was. Ram, about I, two um, hours. One of, my, one of my retirement presents, the retirement present I gave myself was a pretty fast Audi. And when I hit my third speeding ticket to Santa Monica, I, I had to tell myself I couldn't afford this anymore. Okay. No, I, I started driving carefully. Okay. Um, and that road is so amazing between here and Santa Monica. Yeah. Um, oh, you would take the one along PC I or would, PCH? Every time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Every time I had a chance. Yeah. Well, your, your podcast is about retiring, right? It is, yeah. So um, the biggest lesson I learned about the retirement issue is to figure out how much you actually need and then stop making money. And ah. Once you realize... You know what? I can live pretty comfortably. I, you know, I might have to cut some corners, but life is a whole lot better when you stop going to work every single day for eight, 10, 12 hours a day. And I certainly spend a lot of time enjoying myself. I spend 20 hours a, a week here at the zoo and pretty much all the time is fun. I volunteer a lot. Even uh, when Pete's around, it's still even, fun. We so, enjoy each other's company. We okay. do enjoy each other. We, we kid each other a lot. We have, if you drew Venn diagrams of our general life outlook, political, there would be no overlap, but we still like each other. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> There's no overlap, but there is love, There's right? a lot of love. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, I don't know about we that. We have to control ourselves in public. <laughs> right. <laughs> but no, I, I, I've always loved animals ever since I was a little kid. I was interested in birds. I would read bird books. There's the zoo's number one zoo bird expert oh wow. she, she just <laughs> she is a amazing Elliot. keeper okay so she was my mentor when i started volunteering really her name is ellie she knows more about condors which is a beautiful bird than probably anyone you've ever or will ever meet really yeah and she's amazing you know she understands birds so i had a i learned a lot i learned from her, after leading an organization of 2,000 people, it was actually great fun to be the lowest person on the totem pole. Okay, that's I interesting. I knew nothing. <laughs> they, I would say, what poop do you want me to clean? I would go in there with a hose, and it was actually great. It was great not being in charge of anything. Well, I, that was a question I had because you both were so high up in your careers, and then you come in retirement here and you you know like you said your mentor she's probably in her 20s or something right yeah she's 30s and, yeah. but oh th okay so there that wasn't strange that was actually really great oh it was fantastic okay i didn't have to write personnel evaluations i didn't have to decide who got bonuses and who didn't get a bonus 
my biggest decision was which otter got this piece of fish. <laughs> so it was, I, know, I, I really, occasionally I will say when I see something that I think, I, you know, I could run this better. I have to really sort of resist that urge. Yeah. I'm not in charge. And I realize it's And I have the same issue. Thing. I got to just kind of let it go and just, as this, as we well know, I, I'm a clean person, a clean fanatic, as Andy says, and I like everything to look its best. Uh, with, <laughs> with the help of Andy and others, I'm, I'm becoming messier. And, then, and then, you know, there's a big difference. So Pete ran his own firm. Yeah. You had 100% say about, mm -hmm. you know, working in the government. You never have a hundred percent of anything. So yeah, yeah. I, I was I had to spend a lot of time negotiating and compromising. And so it's a little bit less hard, but I ran things. Yeah. And here I ran I run nothing. <laughs> Which you were so I'm you almost consider that a promotion, right? Oh for sure. <laughs> He's yes. more relaxed and enjoying himself. Yeah, yeah. It is and he runs a great train. Right. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in charge of the train when I'm the driver. So. Yeah, yeah. And actually, we all, so you noticed that Pete and I have very different approaches to the train. I'm a little bit more data rich and yeah. he's a little bit more humorous. Yeah, all the other drivers have their own personalities and nobody tells the other driver you can't say that other than some erroneous thing about an animal. Yeah. As long as we stick to sort of the general truths, we can do whatever we want. <laughs> well, Pete, tell me a little bit about the train just so the audience can, so there's a train that goes around the santa barbara zoo well this this zoo was opened in 1963 and i believe the train opened up five years later in 1968 and it was formed and created by the local nonprofits and service organizations here in santa barbara like the kiwanis and the jc's and the lions they helped build the track they helped form this train and then the zoo made the purchase of the train and have been keeping it up ever since. So it's been running for years and years. And um, it's a wonderful train. It's probably the number one draw here at the zoo. Yeah. I know that this train makes over a million dollars a year for the zoo. Does it really? Yes, it does. And uh, I, think it, I think it, we've come close to a million a few years. Last year, two years ago, was our biggest, which was just exactly a million. Wow. So we had a big a celebration y yeah. the, on the train. And so the train, the kids love it, and it's it's their favorite here in the zoo. And it's a big part of the zoo, and we're proud to be one of the 10 drivers that are driving the train, and we love it. And we wouldn't be here if we didn't really enjoy ourselves. On the Happiest Retirees podcast, and I'm part of the Retire Sooner Network, my my uh, boss has a show called Retire Sooner at West Moss. So we've done a lot of research, and, and we always talk, try to find out like what retirees prefer or what they love doing in, in retirement. And one of the top ones is always volunteering for the happy ones, right? And I know you're now technically employees. That was maybe you had to be in order to drive yes. the train, but you started as volunteers, right? Yes. And so do you, do you find volunteering is one of your favorite activities? We call them core pursuits, like hobbies on steroids kind of. I would say so. And I'm sure Andy feels the same way. I mean, we, uh, we're not making much money here, even though we're employed. We're doing it for the, for the goodness of our hearts. And because we are... We're happy to be here. Yeah. And, and yeah, and, and for me, the, the first four years I was here as a volunteer, you know, the biggest difference is that when you're retired, you do what you want to do. You know, no one's telling you, you know, go to the zoo twice a week or. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I spend an afternoon every week mentoring 
low-income kids in Santa Barbara on how to get into college. Really? How to, how to really? interview, how to write a resume. Uh, tomorrow I have a two-hour workshop on resumes and co cover letters. And I've been doing that for most of the time I've been here, about eight years. And I, you know, the other day, I, we just started a new session and one of the new coaches was a kid I coached seven years ago. Oh my gosh. And Salvador showed up and he's, he's just great kid. And you know, it's really, it's affirming. And it, I really like it. I can imagine that moment, oh, this, he did it. He, right. he's, yeah. Yeah, he's now an EMT in Carpinteria. And you know, he was, you know, he had a lot of challenges in, in high school, his parents, he had very little money and he had to work driving a truck ever since he was 16. Now he's a, a leadership a career coach for other kids. Okay. So it was nice. It's one of my favorite things to do. So, Pete, did you have a plan for retirement? And if so, have you been able to stick to that or were, were there some bumps along the way? Oh, there's always bumps and unexpected expenses. But yes, I had a plan and I've been investing with my financial advisor for many, many, many years. And sometimes you don't want to do it, but you just got to force yourself to do it. And you got to discipline yourself to put money aside for the future. Because I didn't have a pension. I only have what I, excess funds I made and was reinvesting. Yeah. And what about in terms of the, I mean, the finance, we always talk about the financials almost like without that, it's going to be pretty hard to do what you want to do. So that's a must. But as far as the social aspect of retirement, did you have a plan for, I mean, did you feel like you lost your identity a little bit when you left your job or? or... Well, sure. I mean, I've been there for 41 years. People knew where to find me and where my office was and pop in to see me. Overnight, I was gone. And I don't miss that, though. I, uh, I still am in contact with a lot of people. I'm in a lot of groups around town. I stay busy. But uh, yeah, sure, there was some identity loss. Sure. I would agree with that. How did you get it back? You by by finding new pursuits or? Well, even coming here to the zoo, you'd be number you'd be surprised with the number of people that come by and get on this train that I know, or come and say hello, or maybe come to the zoo because we're here driving. So it's a lot of fun, and uh, I don't have any uh, any regrets. I just forty one years was enough. I I, I, did, I retired at age sixty seven. Okay, so I wasn't quite. Uh, 70 yet and uh, so I'm going I'm going into my second year with it and I'm enjoying it yeah okay Andy what about you did you have a plan and so you know I, Rand was part of my plan I was sort of the glide path to retirement so I worked for CIA I retired when I was 57 um, I worked a year or year and a half longer than I had to we retire with a full pension at 50 five and a half or so do, do they we were talking about the fbi and do, is it the same the cia or no fbi is more generous oh they so, are yeah fbi is like a police force oh where you can retire at 20 i think their percentage of their high income is higher than ours mine is very generous i'm very happy with uh, the government every month when i get my check <laughs> yeah uh, my wife worked for the government for 20 years she retired early um so we get you know her pension my pension is Santa Barbara's maybe the most expensive place to live in, I don't know, in Earth. It's way up there, yeah. yeah. It's pretty expensive, but you, you make some sacrifices. In terms of planning, though, I think money, you're right, it's sort of, it's, it's the basis of everything. You can't do anything if yeah. you haven't invested wisely. But I, I knew going into retirement, I had to figure out what to do. I had to do something. I'm pretty 
not hyper, but I'm pretty active. I bought a bike. I joined a gym. I try and maintain my svelte figure of <laughs> well over 240 doing... <laughs> pounds. And, you know, I, I'm out of the house constantly taking the dog to the beach, volunteering. I shop for old people. Um, oh, that's one of your other volunteer right, roles? Right, right. I take elderly people to the hospital or to the doctor or, or go to Trader Joe's with them, uh, usually once or twice a week. But you have to do something. You, I warn people who are ready to retire. First of all, don't do, don't just go back to the same old grind just for more money in the private sector. I could have done that. I interviewed with a couple of Beltway bandits after I retired. Those are high-tech companies who sort of serve important roles with the government, but they're making money off the government. And I realized immediately I did not want to do that. Yeah. So moving to California made that impossible. And five years since I retired from RAND, I haven't been bored for a minute. But I've, I really have, like Pete said, have regretted not any part of that decision. Yeah. We, we kind of look at it as there's a few phases, uh, the accumulation phase while you're working. And then I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it almost sounded like RAND was the, this middle retirement gray zone where you're yeah. downshifting a bit and then into retirement where you can actually spend some of the, all the money you work. No, that, that's, that's exactly for. right. I mean, Rand, you know, was, it was a great place to do similar work um, and maintain my clearances and also my contacts in the government. I went to conferences and, and did work for some of the people I used to know, but also from a distance. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, again, I wasn't in charge of anything. Right. I, the only thing I was responsible for was my pencil. Oh, there's one or two California condors silhouetted against the sky up there. Believe it or not, this is the largest bird in North America. And when fully grown, it's going to be over four feet tall. It's going to weigh in excess of 25 pounds, and it's going to have a remarkable wig span of nine and a half feet. A little bit of a transition here, but Pete, I wanted to hear the story about the uh, condors. You got in trouble a little bit here? <laughs> yes, you know, my first month here. I'm just being honest, I, I'm, I'm talking about the condors and at the end of my talk, I said, they're not the most attractive bird. And I got back to the station and I got greeted by my supervisor. He said, I heard you said this and I wanted to tell you right here and now that cannot be said again. So <laughs> I was kind of reprimanded and I learned my lesson. You know, every, every animal in this zoo is beautiful. Right. And when I heard you on the tour today, you called it a vulture, which is true, but you kind of said it with a little more. Well, they are a vulture and they only eat what is dead. That's what I have to say <laughs> right, about that. Right. <laughs> but it's it's pretty funny. I, I, I tell all the new drivers that the audience for their talk is not just the kids on the train. Yeah. So you have to be careful. People are listening. And once I was driving the train, I was doing the talk on the giraffes. And I said something I just completely made up. I said, you know, Adia is our younger female. She's pretty small, but, you know, maybe she'll, you know, grow a little bit more. And I got back to the station. The radio is cackling. Oh, no. It's the giraffe keeper. Oh, and she no. said, Andy. I said, uh, hello, Ariel. And she said, Andy, I was listening to you. Where did you get that information from? And I said, I made it up. And she said, please don't make information up <laughs> about my animals. Oh, no. I said, okay, ma'am, I will never yeah. do that so again. So they're watching us here. They yeah. Are. So you we stuck have to your make neck sure out that, like a giraffe, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Right. It, right. <laughs> we had a crooked giraffe neck 
for a long time here, Jemina. Really? She grew with a, she had a birth defect, so she had a really bad crick in her neck. And she died 10 years ago, and people almost every day ask me, where's the crooked neck? Oh, they miss, oh, wow. We have a mold of her, of her skeleton, her her neck in the discovery pavilion. Yeah, you can see it. Would you say any of the animals here are retirees, maybe the gibbons? They're getting close. The average lifespan of a gibbon is 50. And these two are over 40. Over 40. We refer to them as senior citizens. Seniors, yeah. okay. And there were a couple bachelors, What I forget which animal. Those are the gorillas. Okay. Yeah. They're too old for mo- to stay with mom, too young to- To be on their own. And okay. so we have a pair of bachelor uh, brothers residing here at the zoo. It's a and- bachelor too. To tell you the truth, the older one needs a girlfriend. Really? Mm. They're just having a hard time. 25. Find, hard time finding one here, you know, at a local zoo or, or yeah. a compatible mate for him. Okay. Well, speaking of limitations, have you, we'll start with you, Pete. Have you found retirement has given you more limitations or less? Less limitations. I'm enjoying life. I bought a motorhome and I intend to drive across the United States and take two months off from here at the zoo. And I'm really looking forward to that trip with my wife. What what states are you going to see? We're going to primarily stay in the South, but we're going to make our way from Santa Barbara all the way to Florida and up to Washington, D.C., and into South Carolina and Tennessee and Omaha and Denver and Boise on our way home. So we're going to hit quite a few states. And how many siblings are you going to hit? Maybe seven out of the 10, you know, because I can't drive that thing to Hawaii. Right, right. Oh, one of them lives in Hawaii. Right. That's right. Okay. And Andy, what about you? More or less limitations? Oh, for sure less. I mean, uh, coincidence worked in my favor. When I retired and we were moving back here, I got a phone call when I was at the airport airport from one of my brothers, that my mom had fallen and she had broken her ankle. And we were sort of, she was 86 at the time and not doing all that well. We knew we were gonna have to find a place for her to live. So I immediately started looking in Santa Barbara and she moved her into a memory care facility a mile away from my house. So I spent the first, she lived for five years in the memory care and had a really great time and, Santa Barbara, she got to know my dog. and Oh, wow. It was it was perfect timing. So she could come to my house for dinner once a week, and I had lunch with her almost every day that I wasn't in Santa Monica. And that I would never have been able to do had I st- stayed in Washington in that stress-inducing job. Right. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I do what I want. I work as many hours on the train as I need to. Occasionally they'll ask me to work a couple of extra shifts and I will reluctantly say yes. Yeah. But I, I limit myself. I don't have external limitations. We we had a we've had a couple people on the show who use the term unretirement. They say I'm unretired, meaning which is kind of what you had said that you still do a lot of things but you say no more. When it's something you don't want to do, you you don't do it. Right. Just don't have time for it. I feel funny sometimes when people ask me, you know, and I tell them I'm retired. Because I'm pretty busy. Yeah. I mean, I'm like every day I, I'm running around. I do a lot of stuff. I just don't, you know, I, I don't have a job. Right. Other than this one. It's an odd term for someone who's doing so much. Right. It's just for lack of a better term, I guess. I, maybe when I get to Pete's age, I'll slow down a bit. <laughs> yeah, two more years. Yeah, one. <laughs> okay. So would you say, what if you had to say, why, why should other retirees who want to be as happy as you, like, what should they do? What? Well, first of all, I would say we are just both really happy people. 
Just I would agree with that. Generally, you've always been happy. Well, I'm but... lucky to have any friends. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I would say, yeah. What, I mean, planning, money, you can't, it's, it's, it sounds sort of crass, but when people who say money doesn't buy happiness, sorry. Yeah. As a retiree, money buys a lot. Yeah. You know, I, we wouldn't be here in Santa Barbara had we not been right. pretty scrupulous about saving and putting money away. I mean, the pension is great, but we couldn't live here on a pension. If right. That was all we had. So money is important. And having interest and curiosity and um, a sense of adventure. And I have a, I'm lucky I have a partner who she's followed me ever since college and I followed her and, you know, we know each other pretty well. So, you know, we're, <laughs> yeah. and we both have family very close and I've reconnected with both of my brothers that come down and mooch off me a, pretty often during the year <laughs> and enjoy Santa Barbara. Right, I'm sure they're looking for I'm a chance to come. I'm also a very good cook. Oh, y- wait, you are? Or... I am a oh, very wow. good cook. And they are very good eaters. <laughs> okay. So, and it's a joy to have my family come and just scarf. I mean, right. I, I, That's a joy for you, too. It is. I love to cook for big, enthusiastic eaters. Eaters. Right. Pete, are, have you eaten... Andy's cooking. Not yet, not. but the day's coming soon because we're going to have a Christmas party at my house, and he's going to bring a dish. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay, so that's uh, you'll have we'll have to report back once yeah. you've tasted the. And Ryan, I just like to say, you know, uh, you just have to stay busy in your retirement, and enjoy yourself. If you're going to just sit around and mope around the house, it's gonna it's gonna be a lousy retirement. Yeah. You keep yourself busy and and focused on things that are near and dear to you, and stay in touch with friends. It's going to be a great remainder of your life, and. That's why I'm looking forward to this motorhome trip. I've never taken two months off before, and I'm going to have a great time. Never. You've never done Never. That. Never. Wow. Okay. So this is going to be a big one. Sure. Yeah. A lot of people that we find in our research, the unhappy retirees, seem to think, well, just not working means I'm going to be happy. And that doesn't seem to I wouldn't work agree out with that. that. The opposite you know? of that may be true. Yeah. Doing nothing would make me really unhappy. Yeah. I, I can't busy. even imagine- I stay busy and focused, and I have a wide variety of interests, and I'm trying to dabble in all of them. Yeah. In fact, you have to hurry out of here at some point because you have a softball game. I have game. a softball game, and I got other things to do. I have a, I've got to run a crap table in two nights at the <laughs> Carriage Museum for another event. Really? Sure. I stay busy. That's he, the Los Rancheros Pobres. He is a big deal in the community too. He has. He knows everyone. Wow. He's got his fingers in every single. And I'm happy uh, here because yeah. I'm incognito here. Yeah. Oh, at the zoo. Yeah, none of the kids know me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the adults know you, but the kids, yeah. you can go under the radar. Yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> it's actually, I've, I've actually run into kids in in town I'm shopping, and I noticed a couple of our, our regulars, and they were like, Mommy, 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 it's Andy the train driver. And they were so excited. Uh, and they recognized me without my overalls on. And wow. It was pretty cute. Yeah, just so the listeners know, you're wearing train conductor outfits. Yeah, and you said, you when we were talking about them earlier, when I think you, Andy, said, I mean, they're ridiculous, but that my first thought when I saw them was, I wonder if I can get get a pair of those. (laughs) So I wore these every day of college at Cal. Really? Forty five years ago. Oh wow! I bought them at the Army Surplus Store. They were super comfortable. I had hiking boots. I was a forester, and now I get to wear them for work. 
right? And, and full circle, you came back. But it is. I mean, the first day I wore them, I thought, what a goober I am. <laughs> Until I realized, I'm not a goober, I'm the train driver. <laughs> this pathway coming up to our right will lead you to a family of otters. They're an awful lot of fun to watch swimming around in their pool. If you haven't visited them yet, you otter. Let's hope they don't escape their enclosure, otherwise it could be otter chaos. Pete, you had a you had a situation where you the train was supposed to leave at 4.30, but you left at 4.29. Yes, and I learned my lesson. 4.30 <laughs> means 4.30. I had, a, I had a mom and her daughter get pretty upset with me because the train left one minute early, so. And the power of Yelp. That won't happen uh, again. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that is some uh, pressure. I didn't yeah, know there'd be that yeah. much pressure. It's true. No, yeah. it is. It is actually the customer relations part about this job is huge. I mean, just making people happy. And out of every thousand people we give a ride to on the weekend, there are two unhappy, unhappy people, no matter what you do. Right. You can give the best train ride. You know, the giraffe can come and lick their face and they will still be unhappy people. Yeah. And, you know, some of them will write a bad Yelp review and... It's you just can't the way let that. Goes. Yeah, there's always going to be that. Always bad. I either. can say from personal experience, you're both fantastic train operators. We are. I think we <laughs> Thank are. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> we think highly of ourselves too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, guys, there's anything right. else you want to add about happiness and retirement or anything? We pretty much covered it all. We'd like to thank you for taking the time yeah. to come up and visit with us today here in Santa Barbara. Oh, and, of course. Uh, we invite anybody who's listening to come visit us. At the Santa Barbara Zoo, driving the train. And uh, if you have any questions for us or ask us about re our retirement, we'll be happy to bore you again. <laughs> yeah. As they say on the train, all aboard. <laughs> and I think if you come, Pete said he'll pay for your entrance fee, no matter how many of their, right? I think you're yeah, out of your mind. We're in Santa Clarita, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you for being on the Happiest Retirees podcast. It's Thanks, been a real man. pleasure. You're right. You're welcome. And the zoo also has two anteaters here at the zoo. And you know why our anteaters never, ever, ever get sick? Why? It's because they're full of antibodies. And on behalf of the Santa Barbara Zoo, we'd like to thank you for riding along with us. Hope you come back and visit with us again soon. And have a super remainder of your day.